all right so here we are quarter way over quarter way done with the nba season um the week's done but we got some hot topics to talk about we got jaheel okafor who just got traded we got the thunder who are still losing games uh, Nikola Mirotic and Bobby Portis are both back at the same time. What? Victor Odalipo is lighting it up. Um, and of course, we have some of our boo-boo performances of the week. We'll break those down. We got that and more on this week of the Dwight Chocolate NBA podcast. Sean, what's your reaction to the week so far? Well, Alan, I think it, it's been a pretty entertaining week. We've seen some great stories coming out uh, from all across the NBA, but to start things off, I got a little trivia question for you. I All know right. you usually have a trivia question for me, but I beat you to the punch this time. Yeah. Uh, so I'll jump right into it. Let's hear it. Which team just became the second team since 1983 to go a complete game with zero offensive rebounds? Man, that is... Qu- you got a 1 in 32 chance. Yeah, that is quite... 1 in 30 chance. That is quite yeah. the digging to come up with this question, but it's actually surprising <laughs> that we would be this far into the season in an NBA, a professional basketball team does not have has zero offensive rebounds right man <laughs> i guess i'm gonna have to search in the gutter you know it's gotta be one of those teams like right it's gotta be and i think i'm gonna go with the atlanta hawks oh uh, you know it's a good guess i like where your head was at it, it was another gutter team it was the phoenix Suns. <laughs> oh the phoenix suns wow that it's yeah december 5th uh, against the Raptors, I believe it was zero offensive rebounds in that game. <laughs> That's surprising considering they, they have a, I mean, they don't have like the greatest big men, but they have Greg Monroe on there. Now they have Tyson Chandler, Alex Lynn, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> like one of these guys got to come up with some sort of hustle play, but yeah, so the, uh, the, actually the other team to do it, the last team to do it was in 2002 was the, uh, San Antonio Spurs actually, had zero offensive rebounds in a game. Wow. Man, Tim Duncan didn't dress out that day. What happened? Tiago, <laughs> I don't know. They still ended up winning that game, though. So I guess it's not that big a deal, but pretty crazy. They find a way. That Those guys always find a way. But <laughs> let's go into it. The, the big topic here, Jahil Okafor has finally been freed. Um, he's on his way to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. He still has yet to... Uh, play a game right i i don't think i've seen him in the box score yet. yeah yeah so the trade was uh him uh nick stauskas and a second round pick and the philadelphia 76ers got trevor booker in return okay um and uh okafor and stauskas they didn't play in their first eligible game mm-hmm. uh for the nets uh i don't know why it's pretty unfortunate, man, because everyone's really excited to see if Okafor actually has games still, and yeah. they're just going to make us wait a little bit longer. I'm thinking they just uh, fresh off the plane. They weren't ready to be in that system yet, so mm-hmm. hopefully we can get to see them soon. Uh, but uh, Trevor Booker looked like he had a great showing for Philly in his debut, mm-hmm. 12 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of this trade? Break it down for me. Um. Well, currently, it it, it looks like a fair trade to me, but when you really start piecing it together, you realize that at one point, Jahil Okafor was averaging close to a double-double his rookie year. Um, he's the second yeah. round. He's, he's the second pick out of that draft, and Trevor Booker is kind of a guy who just kind of flew under the radar and kind of has slowly built a name for himself, but I think we see his ceiling, and I think a 12.5 rebound, five assists, that's this, this guy, that's Trevor Booker's ceiling. Um, not bad. Yeah. But for for that to be the trade that you get for Jahil Okafor, yeah, it's a it's a little bit fishy. I think that's tough to swallow. But I guess the Seventy Sixers kind of just wanted to get rid of him and went with this deal since they weren't taking much salary in return. And I mean, Trevor Booker seems like a nice guy. He seems like a dude who he plays <laughs> hard. He hustles. I don't think he's going to bring any locker room drama. And I think that's kind of what the 76ers weren't looking to take back. They're, they're good with the two big guys they have now been Ben Simmons. And of course, Joel Embiid. So I think each team got what they wanted, but it, it, to me, it's clear that the 76ers got the weaker player and the Nets really got the, the player with the higher ceiling, obviously here with Jahil Okafor. 
So the question I guess I need to ask you now is, do you think Trevor Booker's a guy you want to grab a beer with on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon? Yeah, I do. Actually, I wouldn't mind um, having him <laughs> having him in my uh, intramural basketball team, not just because he's a <laughs> professional player, but because he he just seems like a guy who who was go, who go, who goes out there and does what he needs to do. He rebounds the ball. Um, he doesn't score in bunches, but he's a guy who p- puts the ball back. I mean, like I said, 12, 8, 12 and 8, 12 and 10, 15 and 10 every now and then. It's not bad. You don't I mean if you're a, a team that's winning games, doesn't mind having a guy like that come off the bench for them is what I, what I say. And I think Trevor Booker definitely fits that role well for the 76ers as they're looking to as they're looking to look ahead um, into the playoffs. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'd take Trevor Booker on my intramural uh, <laughs> basketball team as well, uh, along with everybody in the NBA and <laughs> yeah. G League as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I do think this is interesting, though, that they were willing to give up so much just to get rid of Okafor. Yeah. I didn't think this was going to be a trade that involved picks or other players. I thought this would just be Jaheel straight up for, uh, like, someone else's, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, whatever bench player. Right. Um, it's like, I don't, Nick Stauskas to me just seems like a throw in. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know. Yeah. He's not going to really make a difference either way, but giving up a second round pick, it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's, that's some extra depth they could have used, but um, hopefully Trevor Booker can be like just a solid piece for them uh, moving forward as they look to make their first playoff run in a while. Yeah. It's interesting to see, to really have been maybe listen in on those uh, front office conversations because it seems here that it was the Brooklyn Nets that had the leverage and 76ers who had no leverage uh, with anybody right. in the league for them to actually give up more than they should have for a guy like Trevor Booker. Not saying Trevor Booker's a bad player, but he is average. And, I'm, and I think Jahil Okafor obviously has the higher ceiling. And I think for it to not have just been a straight-up trade, I don't know, man. How did they lose that much leverage yeah. to still have to put in other pieces yeah, they must have just been getting huge, like terrible lowball offers from other teams. Right. Um, it's too bad. I would have liked to see a team like uh, the Thunder mm. try to grab a guy like Jaleel Okafor, who has been a team that have just been sucking. Oh, yeah. For the entire season. What's going on with these guys? I'm not sure, man. Is it Oklahoma... Oklahoma Thunder City or Oklahoma Blunder City here. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I will say this. So today they played the Indiana Pacers. So it was Paul George's homecoming to Indiana. Oh, um, I do remember way back in the summer, we circled this as a must-see game. Um, it kind of lost that hype, honestly, because the Thunder haven't been playing well. The Pacers seem like they're the better team right now, but uh, Oklahoma City... Uh, came out on top uh, with two clutch free throws at the end there with Paul George. Um, but he did go three for 14 shooting. And this is honestly a game that if you thought about it over the summer, you would have thought that the Oklahoma City was going to run away with this. Um, so this game kind of just speaks to sort of how their season's been going. And I'm not really sure how you, how you fix this. I mean, you can look at Billy Donovan, say he's the one to blame. You can look at Russell Westbrook, say he's the one to blame. Or you can just look at Sam Presti, um, who, who looks like there's there's still another move that needs to be made, and I'm leaning more towards there because I think this team was kind of set up to not really do as well as people want it to do. I mean, you just look up and down this roster, and it, they're pretty top heavy, and they're top heavy with three solid perimeter players. You got Stephen Adams down low, but looking at the bench, there's nobody there. Andre Robertson, great defender, but the dude cannot play offensive basketball. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Sam Presti maybe being part of the reason they're sucking Mm -hmm. is for doing what he did, which was bring in two superstar caliber players and everyone was giving him all the praise during the offseason. Like, man, he's the best GM ever. I can't believe he pulled off this crazy trade twice. Yeah. And now we're saying, okay, maybe he just overstepped a little too much and should have kept some of the depth that they had. Um, so, I mean, I, you can't really blame him for that necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he didn't know how these guys were going to mesh. It was definitely a bold move, uh, but one he felt like he had to make if he wanted this team to compete for a championship. Yeah. Um, what I see is Russell Westbrook just does not seem like the same player. 
yeah. that he was last year. He's not even in MVP conversations at all. Mm-hmm. He's putting up triple doubles, but at an extremely inefficient rate. Yep. Uh, he's he is playing the highest minutes of his career, but with the lowest field goal percentage and lowest free throw percentage of his career. Yeah. So there, yeah. So he's just not jiving well with these new additions. Um, He's just not used to playing this kind of basketball, I think, where he has to feel like he has to share the ball, and I think it's messing with his head a little bit. Right. So, And I do think that falls on Billy Donovan, too. Right. I was going to ask you that next question. How much do you think uh, that blame is Billy Donovan, or is that blame just on the type of player that Russell Westbrook is? Because, I mean, this isn't uh, mm-hmm. this isn't anything new for Russell Westbrook. You know, the idea that he can't play well with other um, equal-level players as him. I mean... That argument has been made for years when Kevin Durant was there with <laughs> right. him. So it, yeah. does this does this pairing with him and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony reinforce that, or is Billy Donovan really the guy to blame here? Man, I feel like it's a little bit of both, yeah. honestly. Um, and it might even be. Uh, I think the one person I think that isn't to blame is Paul George mm-hmm. for some reason. I just don't feel like he's the one that's creating, like that can't play with other guys. I think Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony just do not work well together. Yeah. Like if you look at Carmelo Anthony's numbers too, like his field goal shooting on a on a game in game out basis is absolutely atrocious. Yeah. Like whenever I'm looking at box scores, it'll be like five for seventeen, seven for twenty. And it's like that for Westbrook too. Like these guys, they're just not taking the shots that they're used to taking, mm-hmm. and they just they aren't able to feel comfortable on this team. Yeah. Um. So I don't know what is the solution to that though. I mean, you got two volume shooters. What are you gonna do? Right. And this is where I think part of the blame maybe to Sam. This is where I'm talking about with Sam Presti. Um. I kind of feel like he knew this going in. He's a basketball mind. Um. And I'm sure he, I feel like he still should have, or, and this is the thing with him is he has the opportunity to kind of make up for himself and, and being that maybe he can get creative and bring in some other guy to sort of bring, to sort of move Carmelo Anthony to the bench and put this other guy in a dude with defensive presence or a guy who, whose style just meshes a lot better with Paul George and Russell Westbrook. And then that other part of course is also Billy Donovan um, he's got to be an aggressive coach, man. He's got to realize what he's got in front of him and he's got to make it work somehow. And if that means sort of going up to Carmelo Anthony, the superstar, the dude who's cattled his praise in the past and asking him or telling him, Hey man, you're going to have to come off the bench because our bench stinks. We lose leads. Um, teams are killing us. And if we're going to win basketball games, this bench needs to be a lot stronger. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like the bench, yeah. When yeah, when I look at Oklahoma City games, like their bench, like none of them score in double digits mm-hmm. ever. Like Raymond Felton is not gonna back up Russell Westbrook very effectively. No, he's a terrible shooter and he's old. Um, so yeah, who who do you have any ideas of who you would bring in to kind of replace Anthony at that small forward, power forward type of position? I don't know. It, it's um. It's a bit challenging when you look out there at the league right now. I mean, these are pretty sought out, hard, sought after players, and Oklahoma City just really does not have a lot going in its favor in terms of assets they could offer. I mean, you yeah. you you want to bring in a guy like sort of like sort of what PJ Tucker is doing out in uh, Oklahoma City, or I mean, you could even bring in somebody like Lou Williams if you if you want to keep starting Carmelo Anthony. You bring Carmelo. You, you oh, don't do that. To you me, add Lou bro. Williams to the bench. I mean, <laughs> that's that's no, a that's a guy it. right there that you could use. Um, no, we need him more. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at that that type of player. Let's see who else is out there. Um, I'm not sure. There's guys out there though. You you've got to somehow put some effort to try to find them because I'll tell you this. Um, you want to talk about pushing the panic button yet i'm not sure you push that button yet but there is something to keep in mind and that's that there's eight weeks left until the trade trade deadline it's Uh, coming up it's coming up quick and once that once that date passes then you pretty much committed yourself to either losing paul george for nothing or he comes back and you pay a huge tax bill over the off season and i'm not really too sure how this small market team wants to go uh feels about that uh, specifically a $24 million tax bill that will be coming up. And 
and you're looking at a repeater tax repeater tax uh, for the summer of 2019 as well. If you keep this roster together, obviously with Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Russell Westbrook, so man, yeah, that's messed up, bro. <laughs> like <laughs> at this point, I cannot see Paul George staying though. Yeah. Like I don't even think you they're it's even a consideration for him. Mm-hmm. Like it's just the way everything's been going with this team. They can't figure it out. Like they're only a few games ahead of the Lakers. Yeah. So like, he's just going to go to the Lakers. That's all it boils down to. Like yeah. the Lakers are go- going up. The thunder are just like stagnant. They're in the ninth seed right now. Mm-hmm. This team's in the ninth seed. This is the most, this has got to be like the most stacked team with the worst record. <laughs> like even the Miami heat when like LeBron James just went there mm-hmm. with like, uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, like they started out 500, but that was like really early in the season when they were like, oh, uh, what, like eight and eight. Yeah. You know, and then they figured it out. Um, but this team just, they haven't figured it out. It's over a quarter of the way through the season, like almost 30 games played. Like, yeah, that's a lot of games. Like you should have figured it out something by now. Like give someone, give us some hope that you will actually perform well. Yeah. I mean, you can't give up games to the, the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I mean, hey man, Dwight Chocolate. Dwight Chocolate's all up in there. Yeah, Dwight Howard has been having himself some games, though. I will say that. There was, we were doubting Michael Jordan's ability to rejuvenate Dwight Howard's career, which he hasn't exactly done. But he's had some good but games. But he has though. had good games. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, doesn't speak much for the Hornets' record <laughs> up to this point. But I mean, I like seeing Dwight Howard put up some 2020s again. Yeah. I miss that. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, he looks strong out there. He's defending. He's got the Hornets looking good on defense when he's in there. But I was going to say winning games. <laughs> yeah, but not much else. Yeah, not much else. That's that's such an odd team to me. I mean, it's a little off topic here. But, yeah, the Charlotte Hornets seems like such an odd team. It seems like they've got a, a good group of talented basketball players. And Jeremy Lamb, Michael Kidd, Gilchrist, Dwight Howard. Batum. Batum. Um, yeah. Kemba Walker. Yeah, dude, Kemba Walker, man. Like they they got a good team and they just can't get over five hundred in the East. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous when you really look at it. I mean, I'm not sure how they're not a uh, number seven or number eight right now. Well, who's who's even the Hornets coach? Like maybe that's the problem. What's uh, Clifford? Right, Clifford. Yeah, <laughs> the big red dog. No, <laughs> not the big red dog. <laughs> um, uh, Clifford, what's his first name? He was uh the assistant coach at. Oh, Steve Orla- Clifford. Steve Clifford. He was the assistant coach at the Orlando Magic with the Orlando Magic back when uh, Dwight Howard and uh, Jameer Nelson and those boys went to the NBA Finals. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's not he's not doing quite a good job with these guys, though. Yeah. I mean, it got bad to the point where last week Michael Jordan called for a meeting with all the guys and put them in the in the gym and who knows what he said to them but they went out and lost their next game but (laughs) (laughs) real motivational stuff (laughs) but they did come back and beat the oklahoma city thunder but i'm i wouldn't give too much credit to michael jordan that game was clearly lost more by the thunder than won by the the charlotte hornets yeah hopefully hopefully they can make a return (laughs) um some some guys that did make a return though we got Milos Magic back in action. He finally came back. Uh, he got 12.7 rebounds with zero assists in his return. And the Clips are on a three-game winning streak right now. Uh, things are looking up again. Yeah. We, we, got, we, got back, we got back ahead of the Lakers in the standings. That's true. <laughs> yep, there's, good, there's a back and forth going there. And, yeah. heck, I mean, that eighth seed... It's still a team that, I mean, the Utah Jazz hold it, and they're still under 500. Uh, yeah, so it's wide open. It's starting to it's starting to become open. and Yeah, and the Utah Jazz lost a couple games in a row now, three-game losing right. streak. So Yeah. Damn. Yeah, I thought Rudy Gobert being back would make them better, but it seems like they started falling off after he returned. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're on a tough road trip right now, a uh, road trip stretch. Mm-hmm. They got Houston. They got the Warriors. Uh, they had the Cavs. They have the Cavs, I think, coming up next too. So okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Donovan Mitchell can only do so much. He can, and I think Rudy um, Gobert. I think he lost a little, a little step there with all the time he took off. But he'll get yeah, it back. It might take him a while. Yeah, he he's too good to not produce at like a 
getting like a 15.15 rebound level. Yeah. Like that's, that's like what he does. Yeah. I think he'll get back Um, there, but Kawhi Leonard is back. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. 16 minutes (laughs) in his, in his debut, uh, 13.6 rebounds. Um, they still lost to the Mavs, but I mean, you gotta think if he played the full game, they would have won. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool, but I think as we see him continue to play more minutes, we got to monitor how well LaMarcus Aldridge continues to do. Yeah, I was. Yep. That is a great point. I mean, are we going to see LaMarcus Aldridge of last of last year towards the playoffs in the second half of the season where he kind of just went into a shell and and hit away? Or are we going to see the same LaMarcus Aldridge? But this time you you stack Kawhi Leonard on top of him and all of a sudden you got to a monster sandwich that is the San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I am in the court of saying that I think Aldridge is going to play just fine. I, I don't think he's going to step off at all. And part of that is I saw this interview of Popovich mm-hmm. uh, talking about Aldridge's performance. And he actually, it was like a lot of words. Like he actually said a lot, mm-hmm. which was surprising. <laughs> um, and I forget exactly how it went, but it went something like he was trying to make him play like a player that Greg Popovich used to coach, mm-hmm. tried to make him like one of the greats that he used to coach. And he realized that like, this guy isn't like a young player that I can mold. This is a nine year veteran that's played the same way for nine years and it's successful for him. And for me to just change that, like try to expect him to change that instantly. Like that's just not going to work. And it was like a learning opportunity for Popovich, mm-hmm. funny enough, to be like, if a guy plays like that and he's a veteran and it works for him, I can't do anything about that. So yeah. I'll still bark at him on defense, but on offense, I'm just like, Marcus, just got to do LaMarcus, you know? Yeah, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge kind of, uh, he got drafted by the Trailblazers and he, he kind of planted his seeds there and grew as the as a player and adjusted to what he wanted to be there uh, over like nine years. And all of a sudden he goes to San Antonio, he's not going to change. It's, or it's going to be very difficult for him too. Um, and like Greg Popovich, if you look at his coaching career, he's basically become famous for ter- turning young second round international players and players that are completely ears open and let themselves become molded by Greg Popovich. So you do get two, two people who come from opposite ends of the spectrum there. But it's cool to see that they came to a compromise and obviously the team is benefiting from that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And I mean, Kawhi Leonard being back is exciting, man. Like yeah. this guy was an MVP candidate last year. Everybody probably forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, he's just going to shake things up a little more in that uh, battle for the top spot in the West. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely enough time in the season for him to creep back up into that MVP conversation. Um, excited. Let's see if he does it. And was surprising enough, the San Antonio Spurs are also in a not in a position where Kawhi Leonard has to come out and all of a sudden be that MVP candidate in order for them to creep back up in the standings. They're currently still sitting in, in third, fourth? Third, yeah, they're in third place, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Third in the West. So, I mean, they got room for error here. Yeah, seriously. Like, they'll, they'll yeah. They, they're never bad. Yeah. They're never, no matter what, they're never bad. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But what is bad or what everybody was expecting to be bad was the return of Nicole Meritek <laughs> and Bobby Portis on the court for the first time since last year because they never even made the court this year because they punched each other in practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is pretty ridiculous. And uh, we'll touch a little bit on them surprisingly in our hot team section. <laughs> Who would have thought? But yeah, these guys are both back on the court. And they seem to be playing well together, which I mean, maybe like, I don't know, it's like a brotherly love kind of thing. Maybe you just got to punch it out. Sometimes Uh, you send each other to the hospital and then (laughs) that brings you closer together. Maybe that's we're just seeing like the best team bonding happening out of that sort of conflict. I mean, it just reminds me of like. Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face and sent him to the That's hospital. Right. And then yeah. what happened later? Exactly. They won three three championships, you know? <laughs> yeah. See, I bet Blake Griffin and that training guy he punched in the face last year. That's they're right. probably best friends now. Too. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But hey, they're back. Um, yeah, let's touch a little bit on that later. But let's go to the injury report. Steph Curry remains out with his ankle injury. 
Um, he's making progress, but there's still no no timetable for his return. But there was this quote um, that he said that the reporter asked him, like, whether how bummed out he was about his injury. And he kind of just said, well, it just kind of sucks because now I won't be able to play golf against my dad. <laughs> <laughs> that Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great media avoidance answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd probably do the same thing, but. I don't see this team really struggling without him there. Mm-hmm. I think it just gives Kevin Durant a little more, uh, a little more opportunity to flex his muscles. Yeah, I agree. Kind of sh- show everyone, like remind everyone what he's still capable of if he needs to take over. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of that team's still intact. It it would take two of these guys going down for this team to have any impact on. Uh, their record for the regular season. Yeah. Um, but I hope Steph comes back. He's he's probably my favorite of all the four of them. Yeah. I don't really like the other three very much. <laughs> Steph Curry's really the only one I like. So you're not a Clay Thompson fan. I I enjoy yeah. Clay Thompson. He's very. He's, he's just boring. Yeah. <laughs> he has these chocolate milk commercials, and I'm like, eh, that wasn't that didn't really sell me. <laughs> Clay Thompson just looks like the type of guy who'll just chill at home, play Mario Kart all day, and forget <laughs> he had practice, and be like, "Oh, what? <laughs> Five minutes still practice?" <laughs> okay, well, if that's the case, then I could, I could kind of respect him more. That that'd be fun, but yeah, definitely. I mean, Kevin Durant, obviously, mm-hmm. he's whatever. Not yeah. much respect from my court there, and Draymond Green's just a big idiot. <laughs> so. I, yeah, if I had to choose any of them to be injured, it wouldn't be Steph Curry. Yeah, I hope he gets back. So one interesting thing is that that in- ankle injury he has is actually on the ankle that he had. Um, he had he got surgery on more than a couple years ago. I'm not sure if oh, you remember. Yeah. He went down a couple times on that ankle. Um, almost seemed like it might ruin his career. Uh, yeah, but, that was before he broke out, right? Yep. But he ended up bouncing back from that, and here we are. Obviously, not to the same level, but hopefully, it doesn't turn up any. It doesn't bring back anything that happened in the past. Um, at least, not yeah. that pattern of injuries. Yeah, seriously, I, I think they'll be super cautious with this, especially if it is that same ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no need for him to come back early. Yeah, like he can take as much time as he needs. They know what they're getting with him. Right. But then we got uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, he's out with a left leg injury. Uh, he'll be reevaluated next week. Um, is he? Do you think this is a big hit to the Knicks? Um, I don't know, man. Maybe this is this is uh, the opportunity for Doug McDermott to blow up here with uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. going down. I I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the New York Knicks are kind of one of those teams that kind of go up and down, but hmm, yeah, they'll hurt a little bit. It's really like the only is the only like long term, like other long term injury that happened recently. So I felt like I just had to add him in, you know. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to go into detail about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s impact on the Knicks. Yeah, if it was Porzingis, it would be a different story. Yeah, we got to talk about Porzingis. (laughs) <laughs> right, but Tim Hardaway, he's had some decent games. Uh, this is this is this is like a second tier injury for a team. Yeah, um, not too bad. But everyone else is either uh, missing. Everyone else is injured. Either just missing like a few games or is like day to day. So mm-hmm. not much else. So that's good. No new injuries. Mm-hmm. Always a good thing. Yep. Let's move on to the best performances of this week. This is a dude that needs some highlighting. He needs some, uh, <laughs> put some respect on his name. It's Victor Autolipo. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you love, you love how he's doing so well this year, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I when he got drafted, I thought he was going to be a really great player. Um, but he kind of just never really fit in with the Orlando Magic. They kind of bounced him around with different roles and different positions. And then I thought in Oklahoma City, I thought he was going to break out and be a great partner alongside Russell Westbrook. Um, and he did good. He did well. Um, but now for the to come to Indiana and become a legitimate star, wow, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so stat line Sunday in the overtime victory over the Nuggets, 47 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists with 2 steals. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's unreal. And, you know, to your point, like this is why I love – when there aren't super teams. Yeah. This is why I hate super teams mm. because this could be Clay Thompson. This could be 
uh, Draymond Green. Right. Maybe not Draymond Green with the points, but like, or this this could be I don't know a whole like Steph Curry. Whatever. Yeah, Steph Curry. Like, I just love seeing these guys given the opportunity become the dude. Yeah. And you just miss out on that so much when these guys just group up for a championship. Right. I, I just love seeing individual performances like this and just a breakout season from a guy that no one expected it to happen. Right. And it's him, his the Thunder buddies. I mean, Lipo and Sabonis, they're getting the opportunity and they're doing a lot with it. And because of that, as a result, the Indiana Pacers are now a legitimate playoff team. Um, yeah, they have a better record than the Thunder. Right. I mean... Even if they lost the head-to-head, but... Mm-hmm. Still, yeah. Yeah, but Odolipo is trying to let I sort of leave that that thought behind that he was the result of trading for Paul George. He's kind of just carving his own name, trying to get himself um some respect on his name, and he's he's earning it. I mean, one interesting stat here is forty eight percent of his shots so far this season have come from unassisted shots. So Victor Odolipo is out there creating his own shot, basically being that superstar player that every team craves for a guy who doesn't take, it doesn't take much for him to, to get the ball in the hole. And then as a result also makes the team a lot better. Yeah, man, it's impressive. It's almost as if Paul George never left. I feel like <laughs> unfortunately for him, Pacers fans are giving him like a bad reputation for leaving. Yeah. You know, he, he was there for a long time and he gave them all he could, but like the Pacers always sucks besides him. You're right. Uh, he was there for like what six, seven years. Yeah, you know, I'd be like the fifth, sixth seed in the East, and maybe make it to the second round, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time for him to go, and it's like Pacers fans are just gonna be like, "Oh yeah, Paul George sucks. Victor Oladipo is our guy." Yeah. Now, like, I just feel like that they, they have no loyalty to Paul George. They don't really care because he didn't bring them like a title or whatever. No, he, but. he did take them to those two Eastern Conference Finals, and I mean. He, they came close to knocking out the Miami Heat at one point. They went to seven games back in, um, yeah. what was it, 011, 012? Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's sad, really. Yeah. Um, But anyways, moving on there, Drew Holiday. Who would have thought Drew Holiday would have made this list? 37 points, <laughs> right? uh, four <laughs> rebounds, five assists with four steals in a loss against the Rockets. Then they actually almost they were actually pretty close to winning this game. They were up with only three minutes to go, but I mean, the Rockets, the Rockets poured it on. Yeah. Chris Paul turned it on. James Harden put a couple threes in DeMarcus faces, DeMarcus cousins face. And just like that, the game (laughs) got, got way too far from them, but yeah, great performance from drew holiday stepping up in the absence of Anthony Davis. Yeah. And, you know, this is the kind of performance you need from a guy you're paying $25 million a year from. <laughs> it took him a while to get there. We finally had his best performance of the year, in my opinion. And, you know, it's a really good stat line, but his averages on the season are pretty piss poor. <laughs> pretty pretty lackluster, in my opinion, for a guy that's being paid what he's being paid. Yeah. Um, it's not like the Pelicans are doing bad. It's not like he's, do- he's playing terribly. He's just not doing enough. Yeah. I, I want to see him do more for what he's getting paid and like what this team needs in like a third option. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think they're sort of experimenting right now with Drew Holiday. He's playing more of that two guard role and they have Raja Rondo playing the point guard. Um, and it, it worked in this game. I mean, they were they had a fighting chance against this Rockets team. So. It'll be interesting to see how they do this moving forward. Maybe we see Drew Holiday in, in one of these best performances of the week again. But yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not betting on it though. I just I don't think this is sustainable for him. He won't. He won't. I don't. I will bet he won't be in our best performances <laughs> of the week. Okay, I think I'm gonna. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not a crazy Drew Holiday fan. I mean, I'm kind of. I am also skeptical over why he got that much money. I mean, really the reason he got that much money was just basically the way the market played out there. The Pelicans needed yeah. a point guard. There just weren't many of them out there. So they had to basically resign drew holiday for that money or else somebody else was going to. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's unfortunate for whatever team was going to do that. Yeah. But I mean, anything's possible, man. If, um, 
I don't know. If Vucevic, not if I, not if I, <laughs> yeah, Vucevic can make it. But this is the second time actually right. making the best performance of the week. So pretty good. He gets a man's triple double, <laughs> thirty-one points, thirteen rebounds, ten assists. Um, and they still lost to the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> despite that performance, I was How pathetic. I was gonna say I was gonna hype it up as Vucevic returns. He reawakens and at the same time reawakens the Orlando Magic, but. <laughs> nope, not the last part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Vucevic keeps putting numbers up like this and they keep losing, yeah, that bluff that they had in the beginning of the season was one hell of a <laughs> bluff that they put oh, on everybody. Damn good bluff. <laughs> yeah. Man. Unbelievable. I just... This guy, I mean, he ha- he started out the season really hot, mm-hmm. and then he just he fizzled off. You can see that he has the potential to do this. Yeah, he's done it a few times. Um, he's just not consistent yet. Um, this Orlando Magic team isn't consistent, so I mean, it fits in perfectly. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there's um, you you can't even really call it a diamond in a rough, but in a way, it is. I guess he is. He's the diamond yeah, in the yeah. rough of the Orlando uh, Magic. Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say a diamond. He's more like a like a like a bronze. <laughs> <laughs> bronze medal maybe maybe silver yeah. yeah we'll give him like a like a silver plate yeah. in the rough <laughs> uh but yeah we'll give an honorable mention to lebron um we don't really list him in this ever because we just expect him to always put up amazing numbers it's right. kind of like pedestrian mm-hmm. but he put up a 30 13 13 with three steals against the 76ers six turnovers but like he just does this you yeah. know and we just we just Glance it off like, oh, whatever. Yep, there he goes again. Yeah, and what's crazy is that LeBron James is 33 years old and this guy is putting up numbers that are comparable to sort of some of his best seasons when he was like 26 and 27 with the Miami Heat, (laughs) which is insane. (laughs) Dude, you could argue that he's in his best shape ever. Right, you could come really (laughs) close to me. I mean, his numbers tell that story. (laughs) Right. So... It, it, it is absolutely insane. I mean, he is his field goal percentage is the best it's ever been. Um, so he's obviously just gotten a lot more skilled of a player, a lot more efficient and smarter. And he's putting up these ridiculous numbers. And he has, I guess you could say, one of the weaker teams he's had probably since his early days yeah. with the Cavaliers. Yeah, until Isaiah Thomas comes back and Derrick Rose hopefully comes back. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah, this team's like not like it doesn't have much depth mm-hmm. as as much depth as we thought it did um yeah but Dwayne Wade started to come on Dwayne Wade off the bench has actually been quite efficient yeah uh, that's he worked has. out pretty well and yeah LeBron's just you know this is probably pretty easy for him too honestly he just gets out everything works in the NBA at this point mm-hmm. yeah I mean he's making guys like Jeff Green look like um I mean Jeff Green's like the type of guy who was pretty close to just not finding an NBA team this year. And now all of (laughs) a sudden Jeff Green's out here averaging over 10 points a game and he's shooting well. I mean, Jeff Green's looks like a guy who could potentially be a six man now. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, LeBron will just find ways to, he just plays to everyone's strengths. He just, his basketball IQ is just one of the best ever. Yeah. But I mean, we always ended on a high note, but then we got to go back to some of the guys who don't, who quite didn't play with one of the best basketball IQs out there. Um, <laughs> let's go our boo-boo performances of the week. Boo-boo. <laughs> Starting off with Reggie Jackson, 0 for 9, 2 points, 1 rebound, and 3 assists, and a 22-point loss to the Boston Celtics. Oh, no, Man. sorry. That's a minus 22. Oh, minus it's player rating. Yeah. Yeah. So was, yeah. <laughs> And the loss yeah, to the Celtics. The, yeah, and this kind of this performance kind of speaks to just the Pistons as a whole, which yeah. we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Reggie Jackson, uh, this is a guy I expect to be a consistent contributor. And man, the Celtics just shut him down. Yeah. Um, in that game, uh, the Celtics won 91-81. Pistons only put up 81 total points. Reggie Jackson was responsible for two of those. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I just feel yeah, that was pitiful. It was just like the Pistons are sort of like this new team on the block. They're trying to break into the elite, the elite circle of the Eastern Conference, and the Boston Celtics just said, "No way, man!" And yeah. just like <laughs> slammed the door right in their yeah, face. Yeah, slammed the door, 
threw them out, threw them out and took their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we got a, uh, a frequent trafficker making another appearance in the boo-boo section. <laughs> we got Dion Waiters. Oh. This man... This man loves this. <laughs> he just loves being in this section of our yeah. podcast. It's, it's his home at this point. Uh, he Saturday, loves being inefficient. He just loves yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> he loves being up and down. Yeah. That's why I dropped him from my fantasy team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But on, anyway, on Saturday, he was one for 10, uh, two points and a rebound and an assist in 25 minutes. And that's all he did. <laughs> See, you look at Reggie Jackson's performance and you're like, okay, it's bad, but it, I guess you'll give him some leeway because it was against the Boston Celtics who have the number one defense in the league. And you look at Dion Waiters right. and he just does this against a Brooklyn <laughs> Nets team that had, does not have Jaheel Okafor playing yet for them. Um, D'Angelo Russell's not there. And yeah, I mean, what's going He's on? Scott Spencer man? Spencer Dinwiddie just locking it down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I don't remember exactly what the result was. I think they actually still won this game. Well, um, but it was definitely not thanks to Dion. No, no. And this is a guy who I thought at the beginning of the season would have like a Victor Odalipo type of year. Yeah, you I know. And like, I was not that. I was on your side on that. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, if the the end of the season was any indication, the Heat were on a hot streak, Waiters was the leader of the team, and the team's the same this year, and it's just the, the collective is doing well, and Waiters has not really established himself as, like, a like an all-star player in this league, which I thought he might have taken a step towards, but not even close. No, no he falls back. Yeah, it kind of sucks. This was a guy who was a lottery pick not very long ago, um, and there was high hopes for him, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Yep. And here's another but this guy. This next one. Yeah. This will take the cake. <laughs> Is this? This one's gonna be our boo boo performance of the week. Yeah. Victor. Oh, uh, Michael Beasley. <laughs> Michael Beasley. Man, this is this is fantastic. Ten minutes. This man goes zero for three, and fouls out. <laughs> In ten minutes. He's gone. That's it. He gets a standing ovation, too, for some reason. <laughs> he got a standing ovation for that? Yeah, he did. He oh, did. my gosh. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm yeah, not really man, sure. I don't know. Is that, like, I didn't get to watch the game. Is that just a matter of, like, the refs were just on him or bad luck? Or was he actually just hacking guys left and right? I'm not. I don't know. I don't really know what was going on, really. He just kind of <laughs> just went out there and just... Fouled out. I mean, he was playing tough defense, I guess. <laughs> That's all he did. Yeah. Tough <laughs> He was bad trying to be aggressive, apparently. maybe get the, the team going, but I'm not sure you really had to go as far as far as fouling out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't get why the coach didn't take him out after like his fifth foul, even. Yeah. He's like, you know, just stay in the game. Like, <laughs> you've been in there for nine minutes. You have five fouls. Uh, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you play against like James Harden or some of these other dudes, they're so skilled. They 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 know how to make you foul them in a way. But I mean, yeah. I don't think the Atlanta Hawks have any player like no. that. Yeah, Dennis, is Dennis Schroeder giving you a lot of pump fakes? Or yeah, <laughs> Mike Muscala. <laughs> right, Mike Muscala. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael Beasley easily. And this is, I mean, you want to talk about a dude who's a former big time lottery pick, Michael Beasley, right there. Debate yeah. whether whether he or Derrick Rose two. should go should go number one. Obviously, Michael Beasley ended up going number two, but this is where he's at now. He's fouling out in ten minutes of in NBA games. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Derrick Rose at least got to win MVP once. Right. <laughs> like he actually had a good career for a little bit. Michael Beasley just never was able to get it going. Yeah. But um, here are some teams that have been on fire this week, though. Let's go to Chicago. Derrick Rose's former team, the Chicago Bulls. Wait, where are we going for hot teams? <laughs> to Chicago, man. What? The Bulls. They're actually made <laughs> it here. This is a team that we thought were just going fishing and probably were never going to be talked about again. But here we are, man. The Chicago Bulls on a four-game winning streak. Let's see. What are your so reactions I've, to this? I pulled a, I pulled a little stat for the Chicago Bulls <laughs> that I think you'll enjoy. All right. Um, in games that 
Cal Poly alumni David Nawaba, future all-star, future legend, <laughs> did not play or complete the game before he got <laughs> injured. The Bulls are 1-11. and Wow. And in games that Nawaba has completed, they're 6-9. and Hmm. Marginally better. Still yeah. losing. Not 500, <laughs> not close, but better than one, than one for 11. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's not, it's not super impressive. <laughs> I just wanted to give some love for my boy. He's back. <laughs> He's healthy now. But the real story is uh, Miritich, they're 4-0 since he came back. Mm-hmm. Um, so he seems to have really been the catalyst for this winning streak, uh, averaging 19.5 points per game since his return. And, yeah, four-game winning streak for the Bulls. Do they have a chance to come back and maybe, like, put themselves in this uh, no playoff picture? Absolutely no. <laughs> no way. Unless they somehow got involved. No, not even if. I was going to say, uh, maybe if somehow. Zach, Zach Levine's coming back. Zach Levine's going to be back in January. Right. Yeah, they do have some guys coming back. Chris Dunn came back and had himself a couple good games. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Dunn's playing pretty decent. Yeah. I was going to say, um, if they somehow managed to get Paul George without giving up Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, or Miratek, or really. Or Nwaba. Or <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> but that's that's way, that's reaching. Uh, so, you, so you're thinking... Paul George to the Bulls? No, no, that was just no? something I just said. But that, <laughs> that just said no it. substance. I was like, I don't think I heard anything. Where no, Paul no, George I, was I, like, yeah, I get was me just, in Chicago. I was kind of just answering because you said, oh, is there any way they they creep back up into playoff conversation? That uh, would be okay. the only way. Is oh yeah, somehow okay. they stole Paul George from Oklahoma City, and even then they would <laughs> still be a stretch. Now, I mean, yeah. it's cool. They won four games. They got they got guys coming back. Uh, Mirotech and Bobby Portis. I mean, what was it? Bobby Portis assisted, or Mirotech assisted Bobby Portis on a layup, and they gave themselves a high five on the court. First yeah, form so of what, physical what? contact since <laughs> getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, what what's a more heartwarming moment for you? That moment uh, with Mirotech and Portis, or in the All Star game last year when Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant had that alley oop? Oh. It's comparable. <laughs> yeah. Would you say it's the same it's the same type of deal? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go with uh Amiratech and Bobby Portis. I mean when a man punches you in the face, <laughs> sends you to the hospital, fractures you, makes you a national headline. I mean, come on, man. That's tough. That's tough right there. <laughs> it, it brings you closer together. Uh I I remember my freshman year at Poly. Uh, my teammate, some of my teammates, they were living together and they got into it one night <laughs> and one of them ended up punching the other guy out and sending him to the hospital. Oh my God. <laughs> he wasn't in like serious. It was just like the hospital is like a precaution, but yeah. he didn't knock him out, <laughs> but they, they made up, you know, they, they, they brushed it off. They just joke about it occasionally now. So yeah, it's the same, same kind of thing. Yeah, just, you know, they don't hate each other. They just oh, they punch each other sometimes. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brutal. But, hey, I mean, <laughs> that's cool. They're playing. They're putting it behind themselves, and, and now they're on a four-game winning streak. I don't know how long this is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> Probably but, not any longer. <laughs> yeah. But what I do think uh, is is um definitely going to last and is a true statement of what this team is like is the Houston Rockets. Undefeated since Chris Paul has come has returned. Uh, if there was questions whether or not James Harden and Chris Paul could mesh together, well, <laughs> those questions those questions seem, are answered. Yeah, they're answered, and they look a little ridiculous now because yeah. the Houston Rockets are firing on all cylinders, and they're playing, and they are the best team in the NBA right now. Yeah, it's best team in the NBA. I mean, I still think the Warriors are better, but I think the Rockets are in contention. Yeah. Uh, you, you have to take them seriously if you're the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, you can't just look at them and be like, oh, this is just another team that we have to beat. Like, this this team can actually score on the same level as us. Yeah. And they've played pretty good defense in some of these games, too. Oh, they've so. played great defense. Yeah, since that's probably been the difference maker right there with Chris Paul. Man, that guy just, like, when I saw, I was watching the Utah Jazz and Rockets game, and... Chris Paul was just all over the ball, just pickpocketing people left and right, disrupting He's passes. So scrappy. Yeah. <laughs> it just saw I just saw another Chris Paul that I hadn't seen um 
when he played for the Clippers. I hadn't seen a version of him like that in a, in a while. Maybe ever since that, that first year he played with the Clippers, he just had some energy out there. And he mm-hmm. was playing some hard yeah. defense. Yeah, and, and I mean, you got to give credit to Clint Capella too, yeah. man. This guy has the highest field goal percentage in the league <laughs> because he only dunks. Yeah. They showed a shot chart from him uh, from, uh, I forget which game it was. It was over the weekend. But it, literally every shot was within one foot of the basket. It, it was, yeah, it was probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Like every shot he took was a dunk or like a tiny layup. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, and that's the result of like a well-functioning team that just moves with moves all the time. And they have two awesome guys that can dish the ball and put it in the places that guys want it the most. And also, I mean, the defense just lacks on guys like Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, Ryan Anderson. Right. When you have, when they're too busy trying to stop James Harden and Chris Paul and um, Eric Gordon, guys like this. I mean, this is just a team that has a well-established identity and guys play their roles and they play them well. And they're really the other side of the spectrum when you're looking at Oklahoma City. Like this is this is something that they got to strive to be sort of something like the Rockets. And right now they're yeah. really not. Right. And uh, yeah, they probably they won't get to the Rockets level this year. Uh, the Rockets are just firing on all cylinders. Mike D'Antoni is coaching this team perfectly at this point. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Um, but uh, on the flip side, uh, on this Detroit Pistons, <laughs> we need to talk some Detroit Pistons right now, because <laughs> as, as much as the Orlando, Ma- Orlando Magic have bluffed, us into thinking that they were a good team and realize they're not. I think the Pistons are doing that in a more prolonged game. They let they yeah. kept us hanging for a while. We thought they were really good. We even featured them in our quarter season review. Yeah. They're like, oh, this team, like, they're very surprising. Now they're on a seven game losing streak. Almost yeah. back down to five hundred in the eighth seed in the East. What is going on here? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to stand up for the Pistons a little bit. I'm not too I'm not going to be quick to put them at the level of the Orlando Magic and the Grizzlies and the Nets. Um I <laughs> I just think it's kind of more really a result of their shooting cooled down a little bit. Uh Tobias Harris not shooting as well, Reggie Jackson not shooting as well. And Tobias Harris is kind of like has always had a history of being inconsistent. And, I, and they're trying this thing where they're making him more of a three-point shooter. And it was working well. But I think they've kind of hit a point in their schedule where they're actually playing against good teams. And I and because it's so they're so bundled up, I think this is kind of hurt. This hurt their confidence a little bit. And that's why they're on this seven-game losing streak. But you can you can give them a little bit of credit because they've kept some of these games close. They lost to they lost by three to the Spurs, four to the Bucks, and four to the Warriors. So they were there. They were hanging in there, but couldn't quite finish it. So I think this seven-game losing yeah. streak looks a little bit worse than what it really is. But that, that's me standing up for the Detroit Pistons here. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I feel like this is how they're going to be the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, I think like I was trying to figure out why they were doing so well before. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, they have Drummond, and he's, like, a, a really good center. He gets a lot of rebounds, and, like, Tobias Harris can score. Reggie Jackson is kind of good. Avery Bradley is a good defender. And it's like, when you add the pieces together, you're like, does this equal a playoff team? <laughs> it does not. Nothing about this team screams playoff team to me. <laughs> like, I think that this is what they are. They're an average team. They now have an average record. <laughs> uh, they fooled the crap out of me, man. Like... <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. I had to give them credit because it was like a quarter of the way through the season. Right. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're still up there. And now they're 14 and 13. It's like, okay, yeah, that's that's it. They're, they're not going to go on a crazy winning streak, in my opinion. Like, this team, they're probably deflated now. They're like, oh, yeah, this is who we are. And you know what? That's who they are. Mm-hmm. They've, they've realized that. And, uh, yeah, like like you said, like they don't have a true star. Yeah. Like you still bias Harris inconsistent. Mm-hmm. So, uh Andre Drummond isn't a star. He's just a he's a big man. I'd take Clint Capella or Andre Drummond, you put him in a hat, pick name out, <laughs> I wouldn't care which one I had. Man, I'm gonna have to disagree with you, Sean. I no. I think there's still a little <laughs> bit more to this Detroit Pistons team 
than there's where, more than meets the eye here. I think where, you, you said it yourself. Tobias Harris is inconsistent. He is. He is. But that's the thing about this team. They don't have a true star. So I think they in order for them to be good, it's got to be about the sum of all the pieces. I think they've got something special. Go. I'm by special. I don't mean um, top three in the Eastern Conference, but I do think this team is good enough to be fifth in the Eastern Conference. A little bit above mm. average, a little more further up than just simply being a 500 team. Um, I think there's a lot. There's a story there with Reggie Jackson, Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond, um, some of these guys. Every Bradley. I think they're just hitting a bad, a bad point right now. But I think. They've got to go through this to sort of figure it out, and they're going to come out a better team, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, what a what a passionate heroic journey! I mean, I just I'm looking at these box scores <laughs> against the Spurs, the Bucks, the Warriors, some of these teams, some of these games against the Cavs. They're they've kept it close. I mean, they're there. They're just missing a little bit more. Um, so I get yeah, close doesn't cut it. It doesn't do it for me though. Like if you're if you're gonna call yourself a playoff team, like you have to get some of these wins. True. Like, playoff teams shouldn't go on seven game losing streaks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, and it might even be more. We'll see if they continue to lose. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is this will be a good topic to revisit once we hit the halfway point. Yeah, definitely. But this is a team though that I. So, I mean, I kind of saw the Pistons going on a losing streak. Certainly not seven, but I did see four, three a couple times. But the Portland Trailblazers, I thought they were catching a good... They were on a good mojo. But Yeah, same. But now they, they're on the five-game losing streak right now. Just dropping them, yeah. and now they're falling in the standings. Yeah, we well, actually won tonight. Um, so they finally broke that five-game losing streak, but that still puts them barely above 500. Yeah. Um, they looked really good opening the season. Um, and you know what? I'm not going to worry about them though. Um, because with, like you said, with the Detroit Pistons argument, they did play a pretty brutal schedule where they played the Bucks, Pelicans, Wizards, Rockets, and Warriors. Okay. Uh, it's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, but four of those five against those tough teams were at home. Yeah. So you, you would think that they'd win at least one of those. Uh, this is just a bad break for them. Yeah. Uh, but contrary to the Nuggets, I think, or it's not the Nuggets, the Pistons, this team actually has star power. So that gives me much less reason to be concerned. I see. You're talking about, obviously, Damian Lillard here. Of course. Yeah, Damian Lillard. I mean, we haven't talked about him too much this season. I mean, he's quietly just playing really well. Yeah, he's... Um, this is kind of... Oh. Kind of the reason why he never makes all-star games. He always just quietly plays really well. Mm -hmm. No one really talks about him. Yeah, he's quietly having like one of his best seasons in his careers. But I mean, well, what I was going to say to the point of the the sort of like the way they've been playing is I wonder if um, at some point CJ McCollum, if the Portland Trailblazers continue, I mean, say this is the beginning of an underperforming season I wonder if CJ McCollum is, is on his way out somehow. Ooh, you think so? I don't know what his contract looks like right now. Do they have him for a few more years? I think he's got two more years on on his contract. Okay. Do you think they'd try to trade that to somebody? I don't know, man. That's huh. an idea. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, Clippers could use him. I'll take CJ McCollum. Yeah, CJ McCollum. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, all of our players get injured. Maybe you swap. I don't know if this would we'll happen. Him, but no, <laughs> I was gonna say, what if you swap Carmelo Anthony for CJ McCollum? Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be better. <laughs> you'd actually get a shooting guard instead of like another small forward. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't have to start Roberson. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe, can, can we just give him Austin Rivers <laughs> for CJ McCollum? You think they'd take that straight up? <laughs> I'm surprised actually that you didn't put Austin Rivers on some of the he had some good performances actually last no, week. No, dude, he doesn't deserve he doesn't deserve <laughs> it. <laughs> it. One, his games weren't ridiculous. Yeah. They didn't deserve to be best performances. And two, he <laughs> freaking broke Blake Griffin's leg pretty much. I'm not gonna give him any credit for anything. <laughs> he got over 20 points twice last week. Wow, over 20 points. That is huge for Austin Rivers 
the experiment yeah. is working. Eventually, well, they knew he was going to get over 20 points. Yeah, when all our players are hurt and there's no one left to shoot it, <laughs> I guess Austin Rivers can get 20 points, too. <laughs> Anyways, on final thought, you know who is averaging over 20 points and has been for a long time? You want to talk about guys who kind of fly under the radar sometimes? It's DeMarcus Cousins. Boogie. Anthony Davis has missed most of the month of December, and DeMarcus Cousins has been balling out 27.8 points, 12.3 rebounds on four assists with 40% field goal shooting, and get this, 40% shooting from three for the big guy. That's really freaking good. Yeah. <laughs> so DeMarcus Cousins is right now arguably on the winningest team he's ever been in. I don't think he's ever been <laughs> yeah, on a team. they have a winning team. record. Yeah, I don't think he's ever been on a team that has sat over and over the eighth seed in his entire NBA career. <laughs> and now he's on the Pelicans yeah, sitting this in the seven scary for him. Yeah. Like, he's like, what do I do? Do I start losing now? <laughs> like, do I start bringing my teammates down in the locker room? Right. <laughs> and like I said, they almost got away with that win against the Houston Rockets. They were leading that game. Fortunately, yeah. James Harden had something else to say about that. But I mean, DeMarcus cousins was basically almost fighting Kevin Durant when they were playing against the Warriors. And, yeah, they were in that game for a little bit. So final thought here, has DeMarcus Cousins finally earned his respect in this league? Is he finally considered a winner here? What do you think? Man, I got to say, yeah. I mean, DeMarcus Cousins is a dude who fights. He plays defense. He He's a great scorer. Um, he obviously shoots very efficient, and he's been doing it consistently for his entire career. But there's always these knocks on him that he's sort of like the type of player that you can't win. Um, and here's a story that came out uh, just yesterday that I thought sort of spoke on that point. And it's um, especially from this guy who just got traded, uh, Nick's, help me pronounce Stauskis. this. Stauskis. <laughs> um, so Brian Lewis of the New York Post uh, basically wrote this quote saying, uh, Nick Stauskis got shell-shocked when he was in Sacramento by DeMarcus Cousins. His confidence was, sh was shot. He had a bad experience and lost confidence. Cousins is a bad teammate and it affected him poorly. He comes to Philadelphia, showed flashes, but never consistency, never enough. Um, so basically kind of speaking on the quote saying that DeMarcus Cousins is sort of the type of teammate that that kills confidence. He's not a great teammate, doesn't um, lift lift you up, uh, doesn't really help you, doesn't really take you under his wing. He's sort of a guy who's just a great player. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's been the story of DeMarcus Cousins for his entire career. Mm -hmm. uh, the story's really interesting. Uh, it makes me feel bad for Stauskas. Yeah. It's like, sounds like Cousins kind of like bullied him and made him feel like trash. Yeah. Uh, but like, I don't know. Stauskas got to be a big boy. <laughs> you know, we're all adults here. Like, don't let some dude tell you how to play. Like, you know, you know, you can play basketball. You're in the NBA. Yeah. Um, but as far, like, I disagree with you. <laughs> he has not earned my respect mm. in the league. Um, Sure, he's won a few more games than he's typically won with the Kings, but I don't. That's not enough for me. This is a small sample size. Mm -hmm. He's still the same player. Like his numbers have always been good. Yeah. Like the numbers aren't gonna give me more respect for Demarcus Cousins because he's always done that. Um, what if I continue to see the Pelicans win and see Demarcus Cousins like not in the media, not getting technicals, not no locker room trouble. Like if he can get through a whole season like that, then I'll, I'll have some more respect for him. Yeah. Um, I won't let a tiny winning stint, uh, change my entire thoughts on DeMarcus cousins. I still think he's a loser. <laughs> oh man. Brutal. I will say, I I'll say this. You're right on that, that at the end of the day, if DeMarcus cousins can't get himself finally in his NBA career to play a playoff series, then the respect will probably never be there. And, um, 10 years from now, DeMarcus Cousins will probably never really be talked about much in terms of <laughs> NBA careers, but there's still a lot of season to be played. And let's see how far DeMarcus Cousins consistent performance um, can carry this Pelicans team, especially once Anthony Davis comes back from injury and hopefully stays healthy longer than just a month span. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick thing on Anthony Davis. Um, so he has been playing like on and off in December mm -hmm. To like play a game and miss a game. He has a left adductor strain, which is the exact same thing that I have. <laughs> and I've had it for like two years or three years now. You, you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? It's like my groin injury. Mm -hmm. 
man, I need to call up Anthony Davis and tell him how to work that thing out. He needs to do some glute strength. Some yeah, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's an injury that won't go away. You know, it's not, it's like when you strain that muscle, like it's really hard to heal right. unless you give it a lot of time and you put a lot of strength into that area and it doesn't heal quickly. Mm-hmm. Like it takes like at least a week of like strengthening exercises for me personally Yeah, to like start feeling like that area is like strong enough to move freely right. uh, without any pain. Um, but it's, it's also something he can play through if he does have some pain there. Yeah. Uh, I know he's a brittle guy, but um, it's it's not something he can't overcome. But hopefully, if man, if those trainers don't know about that, I, they need to call <laughs> me up. I'll, I'll, I'll fly down to New Orleans and help him out. Yeah, give him a call, man. Call up the Pelicans <laughs> customer service and get ask him to get you in touch with their training staff. <laughs> Dude, do you think maybe we could just hit him up on Twitter, <laughs> see if he responds? Yeah, a little, we can try that, I guess. There's nothing holding us back from that. But yeah, there you go. Let's keep tabs on Demarcus Cousins and see how far he carries this Pelicans team. And if the Anthony Davis and Cousins duo actually works out. But anyways, if you guys like this podcast, don't forget to tune in week after week as we break down the NBA headlines and team best performances, and of course the worst performances of the week. Um, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn. Um, soon to be, I'm going to get us on Stitcher. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, Thanks for, for tuning Appreciate in. It. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good week.